Colin Sexton on the podcast. Jordan Clarkson is extended. And Summer League is here. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, equal housing lender. They got it done. Jordan Clarkson, $55 million extension, three years, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Tim McMahon had the info that they're going to do the Hollinger deal. What we talked about last podcast is it's going to be a big number up front descending in salary going forward. This is what Miles Turner did in Indiana. He got $34 million in his renegotiation and extension in one year, 34, and it descended to $20 million. So when he gets this, Jordan Clarkson deserving. What a deal to bring him back. Because I, I, there were points during this offseason where I didn't know, I don't know if I expected him back. And he's going to be back after a really good season, career season, where he was 24-4 and four on great efficiency. His true shooting was 56%. For Jordan Clarkson, 56%? I'm sorry. That's amazing. He was a positive on-off player. You could tell how much the team relied upon his playmaking, his shot-making. He was the only isolation player on the squad. His ability to fit with different combinations and players, his teammate fit. The fact that he can go in the locker room and not be a problem. I watched The Bear recently. And one, he has the aesthetic of a chef. And two... He seems like he can fit in any kitchen. That's a compliment because you put him on the line, you put him in any role, and he will work. He will accept that role. I'm amazed at how well he's fitting in Utah, culturally enjoying it, and basketball. His best years are here, unequivocally his best years. So he gets extended, pay raise, and security for a couple years. 100% deserving. As for the players that he'll be mentoring, they're playing in Summer League this week. Huge week. Summer League starts. We made it. Basketball is back, and it's in the Delta Center. Keontae George and his first time wearing a Jazz uniform. An opportunity to see Vernon Carey, who was on the Jazz's roster towards the end of last season but didn't get an opportunity to play. Micah Potter getting a moment. Joey Hauser who, according to reports, is going to be on a two-way deal. But truly, what you're watching for are the rookies, the three ones that are completely new. As much as it's going to be fun to watch Ochai take a bunch of shots, and he should. He should be the alpha on this summer league roster. It's going to be the, the rookies, how they blend in. And Taylor Hendricks, Bryce Sensbaugh, they've been on the injury report first couple days of summer league practice. But Keontae George, he hasn't. He's going to be playing. Lucas Shamanich was talking about how fast Keontae looks in practice. And that's notable because his speed, his separation, wasn't exactly the standout trait that he had heading into the NBA. But we'll be able to watch that in Summer League. How do they stack up to this level of competition? It's not the G League. It's not an NBA game. It's advanced pickup. And how does Keontae George fit 
there? Will he get it going? Will he have a stretch where he's unstoppable? How's his passing looking? This summer league is all about the rookies, all about the first-round picks, and you'll be able to watch it, the Delta Center. As for the other teams, what I'm watching for, OKC is going to be super fun because guess who's on the roster? Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Remember when he lit up the entire Salt Lake Summer League crowd? He's back. He's back on the floor after his year off with Liz Frank injury. I cannot wait to see him in another competitive game. Keontae Johnson, remember him from the Kansas State run in March Madness? He's back. He's on this team. And then Jared Butler, former Jazz second-round pick, playing with the OKC Thunder squad. Kaysen Wallace is their first-round pick, but he's not going to play until probably July 6th because that trade hasn't gone through. So we'll wait to see his inclusion on the squad. If you're just watching the Jazz, OKC in that first game, entertainment, 1,000%. Then you got Memphis and Philadelphia. Philly, less interesting than Memphis, but their young players are pretty compelling in their own right. Ricky Council on a two-way out of Arkansas, he was fun. He was also supposed to be one of the top 10, 20 prospects in this draft heading into the year. He didn't end up that, but he was heading in. Uh, Tubelis from Arizona is on Philly, also on a two-way deal. And he only goes left, okay, but he has great feel for the game. And he's smart and he's fun and you've watched him in the Pac-12, at least out this way. Jaden Springer is the one who the hopes are really reliant on as being the young player to break through next season. If you know Doc, not sure he believes in young players that much. But we'll see if the Nick Nurse regime changes that. Nurse is coaching in Summer League. So how are they dealing with the James Harden trade request? What's going on with Daryl and that entire infrastructure. We'll see if he's on the phone the entire game. Then the Grizzlies. They have one of the most compelling players of all Summer League, and that's Kenny Lofton Jr. He had some going at Chet last season when Memphis was here for Summer League, and he's just smart. You know, he was the G League Player of the Year last season. He knows how to pass. He operates in the low post. He has a back-to-the-basket game. He's fun. He's fun when he's playing basketball. And now you get to pair him with the youngest player available in the NBA draft last week, Gigi Jackson. Gigi 6'9 was supposed to be this huge recruit going to South Carolina, and he didn't have a good year. But he's one of those players that talent evaluators have been looking at for a while. He's not sneaking up on anyone. And they've liked him for quite some time. So seeing how he adapts to the NBA game. Alongside somebody who's probably going to be in the Memphis rotation, David Roddy, as well. The Roddy body, probably going to be a facilitator. There's intrigue all over. And when I come to you next on the podcast, there will be some takes about the rookies, Luca, Vernon, Micah, Johnny, all of them. Discuss it right here. First, five stars. Nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. It's called Round Ball Roundup. Now let's get to Colin Sexton. 
Colin's been around during the offseason here in Utah, bounced back to his home base, Georgia. He's going to be in Vegas next week, where I will be. And we just shot it. Catching up with him, what he's doing, what he's interested in. He has a good bit about boxing, which he's gotten into this offseason, something that you can see him light up when he's talking about. He's interested in it. And he's doing a docuseries. So, of course, if you want to watch it, follow him on his YouTube channel, Colin Sexton. You'll get the docuseries. You'll look behind the scenes and see what life is like for the Jazz's energy boost off the bench. It's Colin Sexton on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. When it comes time to move, it's always a hassle. Loading everything in the truck, hoping the priceless antique from your mother doesn't break, and trying to juggle the kids and dog in the middle of it all is enough to drive anyone crazy. But it doesn't have to be that way. The friendly, background-checked movers at Bailey's Moving and Storage have the expertise to move your family across town or even around the world. So when it's time to move, think Bailey's Moving and Storage. Call today at 801-218-2640 or check them out online at baileysallied.com. What do you remember from your draft night and how life-changing it was for you? I would say my draft night was a blur. Um, I didn't really know what happened until the next day when I was able just to take it all in, um, all the emotions, my family's emotions as well, and uh, just pretty much enjoy it. I felt like I had to enjoy the night and just be in the moment. I didn't want to think too far ahead or think too far in the past, so I just had to enjoy the now, and I felt like it was one of those uh, moments where it's just hard to explain um, at this point in my life. What advice would you give to somebody coming into the NBA? Because this is their first experience of having fresh basketball. They were in college last year. Some of these guys are 19 years old. Like, this is all new to them. I would say just continue to learn. Just continue to learn and um, find someone that can mentor you, find someone that can show you the ropes, find someone that can... Um, tell you no or tell you yes and just give you good advice when you need it. I feel like that was a huge thing for me just because uh, it was all of our my family's first experience of, of dealing with um, a lot of different things. So we had to find people that um, who've already dealt with it and find people to lead us in the right direction. Do you already reach out to them? Oh, yeah. Uh, what and what, what like, do you mean? Like, are you saying, hey, this is what we do on the team. This this is me, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially, like, since being here um, with the guys as well as the um, summer league guys, I'm um, just pretty much just interacting, talking to them, and um, just letting them know, like, some things that I see and give them feedback if they ask me anything, so just to be that extra coach. Because um, sometimes, like, it's it's a lot thrown at you pretty fast, and I'm able to um, at least give them some type of direction, some type of um, feedback. So, I'm sure. And do you remember your first summer league? Yeah. I- I do remember my first summer league. Uh, I remember my first summer league game as well, and it was it was one of those things that it was just so happening so fast, and I had to understand the game was definitely fast. It picked up. It was a lot faster um, than it was in practice. Absolutely, because you're playing against all the other great draft picks, yeah. and you had a great class with Trey, Luca. I mean, it, it was a good draft that you came into. Absolutely, it was definitely a really good uh, draft class, and I feel like it's it's going to be one to uh, go down in ages. You have been around here for a portion of this offseason, and you've had 
guys like Carlos, who's behind the cam right now, following you around. Why would you do this? Why are you letting people in with your docuseries that you're doing this offseason? I would say just give people more. Um, give people um, what they don't see on the, behind the scenes. Everyone knows me from basketball, knowing me as a hard worker, knowing me as someone that comes in and puts the work in, but they don't know what I do outside. I'm a family person, um, someone that likes to have fun, someone that enjoys pretty much anything. I'm just uh, a real chill person, but when I do step between those lines, it's, it's go time. I was very surprised seeing the difference between on-court calling to seeing the docuseries and seeing who you are as a person. Uh, what have you enjoyed so far about being around Utah? I would say just the, the weather. I would say the weather has been pretty good. Coming from Atlanta, it never snows. So um, here in Utah, I've just been able to enjoy that and get outside and also enjoy the mountains and the views. I feel like the views uh, are breathtaking as well. So I've just been trying to find different hikes, different waterfalls, different things like that just to see and enjoy, especially during the summer. Just, where, where have you hiked? I can't even tell you. Um, okay. I get the... The coaches, shrimp coaches, they tell me where to go, and I just go, I can't even remember the hikes, but uh, they have definitely all been really good. And you've gotten out into the community as far as shopping in the community, finding your spots to get shoes and things like that. Yes. Where have you found the options for that? I would say it's different, definitely different, uh, especially different from Atlanta, but the option here, I've been going to Thriftwood, I've been going to Cooperative, Top Shelf as well, so... Uh, just pretty much those right now uh, that I've found and just driving around and even going to different um, places for food. I've been going to different taco places. I've been going to places that have been recommended to me uh, just because I don't know too much um, about Utah and I want to learn. So whatever the fans want to uh, send me some food recommendations, I'll try them as well. So you heard that. Make sure you send recommendations to Colin Sexton for food places. Absolutely, absolutely. What's been the response from jazz fans going out in the community and having put this out, are they responding? Oh yeah, they definitely enjoy it. Definitely enjoy it. And I'm just going to continue to take off with it, continue to do more things in the community and just show that I'm more than a basketball player. I'm more uh, than what people see as me. I'm one of those community guys. I want to give back. I want to show the world that um, it's bigger than basketball. And that's it. What uh, are some things to look forward to on the Doc series? Uh, I would say a lot of behind the scenes before games, a lot of things after the games, and just some things how we travel. Uh, I feel like most people don't get to see that part, so I'm definitely going to show that part, how we travel, and some of the good vibes, fun moments that we uh, have in the locker room or even just have uh, off the court. So it's, gonna be, it's definitely going to be fun. Now let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz. felt coming back this year because you were able to play 48 games and 
get back into the actual fold after an entire year that was gone. You know, you only played 11 the year before. Mm -hmm. How did it feel to get actually back on the court and play for a team? It felt great. It definitely felt great to be back out there. Just shows you how much I appreciate playing basketball. My appreciation through, went through the roof and it showed that I have a different type of love for the game. Uh, uh, you don't really love something until it's taken away. I feel like that made me fall even more in love with it. I feel like the darkest times that I had allowed me to understand that who I am and understand that basketball is not all I am. I feel like fans really gravitate to you. Basically that first home game against uh, the Nuggets when you're revving the bull yeah. and and doing um, going right at Jokic, who would be the NBA champion at the end. Take me behind that play and, and Why'd you stop? Why did you rev the bull? I just needed to make sure my, my foot didn't slip. I knew what time it was. I knew I was going to get to the basket. I knew what I wanted to do before before it, it, the shot clock went down. So I was able just to get my footing, and it all makes sense of why I did it. But uh, it was one of those moments that just allowed me just to to be back on the court. Um, after I laid it up, just adrenaline um, of, of motion as well, just to be back playing in my first game back uh, in a regular season, it felt amazing. And it's a good bookend because your last regular season game against the Lakers, even though it was a loss, that was an inspired effort by that group. Absolutely. So many people were out, and yet the Jazz are, are hanging with a team that would make it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it was one of those things that just shows that we, we have that I, I don't quit attitude. At the end of the day, we're going to run through a wall. I know each and every body on the team will do whatever it takes for one another, and you can you can definitely see that. We'll dive on the floor. We'll continue to pick each other up when each other's down. Like, that's one thing that we have is that motivation, and we all have that chip on our shoulder to show, like, what we're about. What are you feeling now that's the off season? How are you feeling going into next year and prepping your body for another year of NBA basketball? Uh, I feel great. I feel great. I'm excited. I've been doing the right things just to play a full 82. I want to play a full 82 coming up this year, and I feel like I can do it. I've been preparing myself um, for 100 games. So uh, that's one thing about me. I just been trying to do what I can to um, make sure I don't miss any games uh, with no type of injuries. And I have some big goals set um, for upcoming season, and I feel like I can reach them. 100 means that you guys are going to the playoffs and going on a deep run. So that would be a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Play 100 games. Um, how do you prepare knowing that you have this great work ethic. I think that was something that I really gravitated towards when you got on the team, reading how the alarm clock story. Mm -hmm. If people don't know it, can you just tell the alarm clock story? Uh, it was for Christmas. I asked for an alarm clock, and my parents, they got me an alarm clock just so I could set it up at 5 a.m. and get up and go ride and dribble around the neighborhood and go do something. I feel like that was something that allowed me to be able to get up early mornings now uh, just because it's it's pretty easy for me. So, And how old were you at that time? Well, I was really young. I, yeah, really young. I was really young. And it just, it was one of those things that um, just stayed with me in my entire uh, middle school, entire high school uh, career. Even in college, I would wake up early or even go to sleep late um, in the gym. So I just always had that worth ethic just to continue to, to fight and continue to get better. And I feel... I say this with all due respect. This is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Your work ethic is crazy. You're right. Like that's a good it's a good thing to have that work ethic, but in the off season, 
I'm sure you have to still oh, yeah. dial back and fight yourself for wanting to work as hard as you want to work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I definitely have to do that. Um, like today, for me, it was a little bit simpler day um, just because yesterday I had uh, basketball, I had Pilates, and then I had um, boxing as well um, to finish to finish it off. So I today it was a little easier day for me just because I knew I did a lot yesterday. So it was one of those things of making sure I don't overdo it. And that was... And that's one thing I have to tell myself and train myself to make sure, okay, enough is enough. I have time to rest and time to recover. You're boxing now? Oh, yeah. I've been boxing for a minute. I've been boxing. So just trying to get back in the in the swing of things and just enjoy it again. I haven't done it in a while. And the cardio is something that I definitely need uh, as well. What do you see as similarities in the way you use your body for basketball and boxing? Because they seem very different like each other. I would say just the fast change of speeds for me, like at the end of the day in boxing, you got it. You can't just, just throw jabs and throw haymakers the entire entire time. You have to really just pace yourself as well. I feel like in basketball as well, like um, driving to the hole for me is like, okay, I got to change the space or it's time to go fast or time to slow it down. And I feel like they go hand to hand as well as footwork. The footwork in boxing is it's through the roof, and as well as in basketball, you have good footwork in basketball. You can pretty much get to any spot you want on the court. I was gonna say you are taking jabs from bigs when you're driving to absolutely in basketball. Yeah, absolutely. I get bumped a lot, um, hard fouls here and there, um, but I love it. I love each and every part of that, a part of the game. It's one of those things that allows you to get that adrenaline when you go through the hoop and get bumped really hard. You're like, okay, all right, it's gonna be one of those nights. So. I think back to even that viral clip of you in high school where you're staring down somebody and you can see the intensity of a basketball player on the mm-hmm. on the court that you're not going to get me in this moment. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get you. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's one of those things uh, when I step on the floor, it's us against, uh, against you. It's no friends. Um, even though we might be friends off the court, when we get on the court, um, at the end of the day, I'm going to hit you in the mouth at – any chance I get, that's how that's how I move and that's how I think. What? How would you describe your boxing technique? Who are you? Who are you in the ring? <laughs> I would say I'm myself because I I got feet work uh, for from basketball yeah. and I got a little bit of power. So uh, at the end of the day, I'm still still trying to put it all together and understand um, the techniques and uh, things like that. Um, but it's definitely been fun. I've been doing it for a while, so I, I'm getting back in the swing of things. I'm gonna go tomorrow as well. So. Uh, definitely be be sparring soon, Carlos. <laughs> well, I look forward to it being on the Dobby series. Oh, yeah. Sparring with Carlos. Oh, no. I ain't going to spar with Carlos. We're going to find someone for me to uh, spar with, but uh, real soon. Dwayne Wade had a tweet a couple of years ago that Colin Sexton figured it out. Um, and that was two years ago. How do you reflect on that tweet? And for someone like that who has so much respect from everybody in basketball and I'm sure you held him in a high esteem. What does it mean that somebody notices that? And how do you not get complacent with having someone say you figured that? Uh, I would say now I just go into him and ask some more questions, um, some more things that he he sees. Because at the end of the day, he's he's a legend, Hall of Famer. Uh, he's one of the greats. And for me to go talk to him whenever I can is, I feel like that's a blessing. Uh, most people don't have that that person have of their standard in um close proximity to him so me being able to um talk to him whenever is it feels good um so i try to use that 
to my advantage whenever I see him just asking this or even just how, how he's doing and um, just just knowing that, like, I appreciate him, let him know that I, I thank everything for him just because he has um, gave me some pointers here and there and they have stuck with me and allowed me to just continue to get better. Have you, did you have an appreciation for his game before even meeting him? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so me and my brother, we, we, we love, love, love play, uh, playing and watching um, basketball together. So that was one thing we always used to watch the Heat, uh, just because he he loved Dwayne Wade, and um, I I fell in love with it as well, just because I used to watch his movements of how he used to get downhill, reject, and euro step, all those different things. I I was like, okay, I I kind of I kind of like it, and it, he was flashy as well at times, and um, sometimes he used to just get to a spot. And, and pull up, which I was like, okay, I, I kind of like really started to see like, oh, some things and pretty much just taking certain things and put it into my game. And it's for him that pull up, that wasn't there earlier on in his game, but that yeah. is the proof of a great adding in off season, mm-hmm. working at it, and finally being able to. Absolutely. Uh, I, I feel like the pull up is something that like I can use to my advantage and some things that he was able to use to his advantage because he was able to get downhill. He's able to get downhill, get to the basket. So uh, for me, just being able to get downhill and put pressure on the basket a lot and then allowing the defense to go back uh, allowed me to get to my, my pull-up as well. Looking at the team and what you were able to observe um, mm-hmm. on the bench towards the end because you weren't playing as much uh, with injury, mm-hmm. what do you see from the group post-trade deadline where Walker Kessler's playing more, Ochai Baji's playing more, the young guys are getting their chance? I would say it was one of those things that they was like next man up mentality. They came in ready to go. Uh, they never like hang their heads. It had times where it was tough, ups and downs, but who doesn't at the end of the day is, is part of the NBA. And as a group and as teammates, we're, we're right there to pick them up. Um, you can tell they were getting better as the games went on and uh, definitely started building that confidence. And it's tough when someone gets, gets confidence, um, their, their ceiling goes up a little, a little higher for sure. How has Will Hardy established that? Because it seems like when we would come in to interview you guys after practice, there were still good vibes around the team every single day. People mm-hmm. still wanted to come in and work within that environment because of the... I would say just the way Coach carries himself. Um, he's one of those coaches that enjoys having fun and enjoys... Um, the time he, he spends with us. So we try to like give him feedback off of him at the end of the day. He's young. So he comes in playing around, um, uh, making jokes all the time. But when it is business time, it is business. And um, you can just tell like any, anybody's going to go run through a wall for a coach that has your back. And um, that's coach Will. Coach, when he had DJ Ron for his birthday mm-hmm. up on the deck, yeah, that seemed like something that a, a young guy would absolutely. And- yeah. Okay, you got a DJ spinning up top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just one of those things. Uh, laughter, but also it was, it was needed during the time. I know we we had our ups and had our downs during the time, so we needed uh, just to come in and just have a a really good day. And I feel like that was one of those days. Lowry played with him in Cleveland, but not as much because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like you shared the floor yeah. for a lot of time. But you saw that this was in him as a player to get to this level. Has he continued to su- to meet your expectations or even surprise you in the way that he played last season, winning most of them? Um, so, like, 
I would say last year um, when I was when we was in Cleveland together, I was I was like, yo, he's really good. He's because it at the end of the day, it's different when you see someone on another team, but when you see him on your team, you're like, yo, he's really good. And and then once I got to Utah, um, Coach Will, he's like, how is Larry? I say, Coach, he's really good. You'll see. I'm telling you, he's really good. He can shoot it, put it on the floor. He's athletic. I'm like, he he can do it all. And um, at the end of the day, um, you've seen it. He, the entire year, he carried us, and he was one of those guys that was consistent, um, coming in every day, working hard, and doing what he had to do. And you can tell if you put your work in, it's all going to pay off. What are you looking forward to most for next season? I have a lot to prove. I got a lot to prove. I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm ready to come in and um, do what's needed, ready to come in and uh, have a big year. Rev the ball? Rev the ball. Keep it pushing. I'm ready to uh, show them what I can do. It's time to wake them up. Well, we're looking forward to it. He is Colin Sexton on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. Colin, thank you so much. Appreciate you having me.